Hello, and welcome to episode 47 of The Modern Manager. I'm your host, Mamie Canfor stewart First, a warm welcome to Rhonda M., Jason W., and Kelly B.R., the newest members of The Modern Manager community. You are now in the mix to win that free one-on-one coaching session with my prior guest, Amy Bourne. And for everyone else listening, you still have time to get in on this. You can join the community on Patreon by midnight Eastern time, April 23rd, because on the 24th, I'll select one person at random who will get to meet privately with Amy to work through a people or culture challenge that you're facing. Stay tuned at the end for information on how to join or check the show notes for the link. And thank you again to all the members of the Modern Manager community on Patreon. Your support means so much to me. And thank you to all of you who have written a review or left a rating on iTunes. You are making it possible for other people to find The Modern Manager and know that it's worth giving a listen to. So today I want to talk about burnout. I've gotten a few requests to talk about issues of resilience, avoiding burnout, stress management, and to be totally upfront, this is not something that I have experienced deeply firsthand. But between my own practices, which I use to preempt that kind of intensity, plus experiences coaching others and research, I thought it'd be worth putting together an episode. So here it is. You're listening to The Modern Manager, a podcast dedicated to helping you be a rock star boss with a thriving team. Whether you're looking to upgrade your meetings, cultivate your team, or grow as a leader, this podcast is for you. Now here's your host, Mamie Canfer Stewart. Like many things in life, the sooner you notice a problem, the easier it is to correct. Stress and burnout are no different. But before we go too far, I want to make a distinction. Job burnout is different from depression or other diagnosable mental conditions. If you're concerned that you may have depression or another mental or emotional condition that's impacting your ability at work, you should see your doctor. Because what I'm talking about is being physically or emotionally exhausted from work in ways that lead to a sense of lack of accomplishment, reduced motivation, and loss of personal identity. Or in other words, feeling like no matter how hard you try or how much you work, you're just not getting enough done or you're not making progress in achieving your goals, which may lead you to a feeling of giving up and that your entire world has become your work. You've lost yourself inside of it and now you're just done with that. But before you get to that extreme point, along the way, you experience heightened levels of stress, frustration, overload and overwhelm, which themselves are not comfortable, and they are signs that burnout may be coming. According to the Mayo Clinic, a rise in stress that leads to job burnout can result from a number of different factors, including a lack of control. You aren't able to influence decisions that affect your job, like your schedule, assignments, or workload. Or it could be that you don't have the resources you need to do your work. It could also be having unclear expectations. You don't know what is expected from you, how your performance will be measured, or what responsibilities you have. It could come from having extremes of activity, where the job itself is monotonous on one end or totally chaotic on the other, requiring constant energy to remain focused. It could also come from having a dysfunctional workplace dynamic. Maybe you feel bullied or undermined by your colleagues or boss. It may also be a lack of social support, where it may not be as severe as dysfunction in your workplace, but you feel isolated at work, or you don't have the support in your personal life to help you manage the frustration and stress you're experiencing. And lastly, it could also be about work-life imbalance. 
that work takes up so much of your time and effort that you don't have the energy to refuel or spend time with your family and friends. These and others can cause elevated levels of stress, feelings of overwhelm, and ultimately burnout. To spot burnout before it becomes an issue for yourself and for your colleagues, you need to pause and reflect. Here are a few questions to ask yourself and to ask your colleagues or have them do a self-reflection. These and additional questions are in this week's mini guide as well. Are you currently experiencing any of the factors that I previously mentioned that lead to burnout? Have you become cynical or critical at work? Do you find yourself irritated by things that normally wouldn't bother you? Are you reacting to things in ways that seem out of character for you? Do you find it difficult to concentrate or hard to motivate even though you know there's so much to do? Do you have or are you making time for non-work activities like family, sleep, and self-care? Is work always on your mind so that even when you're relaxing, you can't relax? If you notice changes in your behavior or the behavior of your colleagues or you're experiencing factors that increase stress, now is the time to do something about it. First, though, you have to ask yourself, is this a permanent state or a temporary state? It doesn't make the stress or overwhelm any easier in the moment, but there are always going to be times at work when the job demands more. Or you've got a new boss who's still figuring things out and you just need to give him a little time to settle in. Or you're experiencing something outside of work that's adding stress to your life, which you're carrying with you into the workplace. If this is a moment of time where you envision a realistic end, make note of that. Even put an event on your calendar of when you expect things to normalize. Because too often, I have found myself saying, next month will be better. Or, I just need to get through this client project and then I'll have enough time again. But things just keep coming and that expected end doesn't ever arrive. So if you have an expected end, follow through and assess if it actually ended. And if it did, breathe deeply and enjoy. But if it didn't, honestly, stop fooling yourself that it's going to. Because I would bet by that point, nine times out of 10, it's never going to end. So whether this is a moment in time or your new permanent state, here are my top 10 approaches to managing stress, frustration, and overwhelm. Number one, start by having a go-to stress reliever that works for you. You are going to experience moments of stress or frustration or emotions. It's going to happen whether you're regularly stressed or not. So the best thing you can do is know how to de-stress yourself. Some people get up from their desk and take a walk around the building or go outside. Other people do a five-minute breathing activity or meditation. Other people just need to cry or write something down in their journal or even eat chocolate. That's one of my favorites. But in my opinion, it doesn't really matter what you do in the moment, just that you have a way of pausing when you're feeling that intensity and bringing yourself back to a calmer state. Okay, number two. Ask, how might I change the situation? Is it time to let go of a team member who you have been dealing with for just way too long? Do you need to grow your team so that someone else can take on some of your responsibilities? Is there a way to redesign your role so you can do more of what you love and are uniquely suited to do? Do you need to speak with your manager about clarifying expectations or responsibilities or an unhealthy dynamic with a colleague? Maybe it's even time for you to find a new job. These may be big or small changes, but if you can solve the root of the problem, that will likely have the biggest payoff. Related, there might be things you can do to better manage your time so that you'll be freed up a bit. 
Check out episode 19, Time Management Methods, Mindsets, and Approaches for more on that topic. All right, number three, change your environment. Take a day, work from home or a coffee shop or a bookstore. If you can, take your laptop and spend a day or two working remotely from a beach or the mountains or wherever it is that you find a sense of peace and calm. I know this isn't possible for everyone, nor does everyone become more productive outside the office. But for some people, the office environment itself is part of the problem, and getting away even for just a day or two can just give you some uninterrupted time to work, give you a break for whatever unhealthy dynamics are at play, and give you a sense of control that you might have been missing in the workplace. Here's my personal favorite, number four. And again, I know this may not work exactly for everyone, but here it is. Number four, schedule a no meetings day once a month. I started doing this a few months ago after I'd blocked one day for an all-day client meeting that got moved, but I'd kept the calendar hold by accident. So I had a full day with no meetings, which is really rare for me. Because I had planned to be out of the office working with a client that day anyways, I treated it like a bonus day rather than just another day of work. I spent the morning cleaning out my email, catching up on some work, and then I got a massage in the late afternoon. And it felt so good to have this bonus day that I decided to do it every month. I now have one day per month, which I treat as a bonus day. I don't schedule any meetings. I don't plan on doing any particular work. But instead, it's my time to catch up on things that I've been meaning to get to. Or it's backup time if I don't want to work over a weekend. I use it to do big picture thinking about my business. Sometimes I'll pick up my kids from school or go get a massage. But that's how I use it. You could also just treat it as sacred, uninterrupted time at your desk. In addition to the functional purpose, I also just find it helpful to have something to look forward to. I know I'm going to have this one day. And as a parent, my weekends are rarely for me. So the fact that I might get to sneak in a massage here and there, that just feels extra special. And even if I spend that bonus day doing only work-related activities, it's nice to just have a day where I can put my head down and get a bunch of things checked off my list. Okay, number five, admit when something is too much. I don't know if you're like me, but I like to be a superhero. Businesswoman, mom, wife, friend, volunteer, hostess. I don't wanna have to say no to things. And once I've said yes, I wanna deliver on my commitments. And while I love having help and collaborating, I also don't wanna feel like I'm letting people down because I need help, in part because I don't wanna look bad in front of other people or admit to myself that I took on too much and should have made a different choice. But regardless, the point is, sometimes you just need to admit to yourself and to others that you've taken on too much or that what you've been assigned is too much. If you have a boss, this is the time to ask them to help you prioritize because you don't feel you can get everything done within the deadlines at the level of quality that they expect. If you're the boss and a team member comes to you, your job is to help clarify what the priorities are. What must be done to that 100% versus what can be delayed, delegated, or what can be done to a good enough state rather than the ideal completion. You can't help others and they can't help you if no one is willing to admit when they've reached their capacity. And by the way, unless you're in a startup or a very unique situation, working every day for 12 or 15 hours just to allow yourself the capacity to get everything done is not the answer. As a manager, you need to recognize how much your team is working and make sure that it is a reasonable amount of daily time. Approach number six is related, and that's to know what is most important. 
This is probably the thing that helps me the most in terms of managing my own stress levels. I have clearly articulated for myself what matters to me, and I'm willing to make trade-offs and let things go. For example, if you subscribe to my newsletter, you may notice that sometimes it goes out on Tuesday mornings and sometimes Tuesday afternoons, and even on a rare occasion, a Wednesday or Thursday. But the episode itself always airs Tuesday morning. As a podcast listener myself, I know when my favorite shows are releasing new episodes, and I look forward to them. So I have made a commitment to my listeners to air episodes each week, and that's important to me. But sending my newsletter is a smaller tactic, which of course needs to get done, but I'm not willing to stay up an extra half hour to write the newsletter when it's already late at night and I'm exhausted. I'll do it the next day and it's going to be fine. Sleep is way more important to me. Which leads into number seven, invest in your health. We need sleep and exercise. They are not optional. They are critical. I read somewhere once that we can survive quite a long time without food, but after just a day or two of no sleep, we can become delirious. We are not our best selves when we are tired, eating poorly, and not taking care of our bodies or minds. Exercise is a proven stress reducer. I am sure I am not the first person who said this on a podcast to you. If you don't already have an exercise practice, figure out how to incorporate one into your existing life. Meet up with friends for a class so you can get double duty social and healthy time, or use an online class to exercise at home so you don't need to spend time commuting to and from a gym or being restricted to the gym's hours. Join a sports league or play outside with your kids. Do push-ups and jumping jacks and sit-ups while you watch Netflix at night. Anything that will get your heart going and your body moving. And get enough sleep. There are tons of tips on how to get better sleep, which I am not going to go into because I am not an expert. But stress and sleep tend to be enemies. If you are stressed, you don't sleep as well. And when you're tired, you become more stressed. I personally have found that listening to the Headspace meditation app really helps when I'm struggling to fall asleep. If number seven was about the body, number eight is about the mind. Nourish your soul. Go on vacation. See a band play, cook a meal, take a class, spend time with friends. Just do something that feels good to you, even if it takes extra effort to make it happen or you anticipate it being harder upon your return. We all need breaks that are longer and more impactful than a walk around the block. Do something you love because you only have one life and the purpose of this life is definitely not to work. Approach number nine is to bring humor and joy into your workplace. Things at work can get tense, but when the atmosphere is one of humor and playfulness, it's easier to manage. Laughter has also shown to be a stress reducer, so are there ways that you can bring in a lightheartedness to your team? Maybe start your next meeting with a round of jokes, but be sure they're workplace appropriate. You could also try out a workplace Mad Libs and have each person give you one of the verbs or nouns or whatever it is, and then read the whole thing out or type it up into your Slack channel. One of my favorite stories is about a friend of mine who owns a business, and she is obsessed with the movie The Greatest Showman. She required all her employees to watch it and makes constant references to it, which makes everything just more fun. Finally, number 10 is to remember why you're doing the work you're doing in the first place. This doesn't exactly reduce stress, but sometimes it makes it more bearable when you have greater purpose and know that the stress or frustration is in service of something bigger. I am not by any means suggesting that you avoid or tolerate unhealthy levels of stress. 
only that sometimes you need to look at the horizon to help you get through those ups and downs. This approach was particularly helpful to me when I was writing my book, Momentum. Knowing there was an end in sight and thinking about all the people who would read this book and that they would be able to finally do something to make their meetings better, that in and of itself made those few months of extra writing and more time at the office feel just less painful. But if you can't identify some bigger picture, some bigger meaning, you might want to reconsider what it is you're doing. So a lot of this was about how you can manage your own levels of stress. But as a manager, you need to keep an eye out on your colleagues and let them know that you are here for them. If they are experiencing elevated levels of stress or frustration or overwhelm, they need to know they can come to you and you will not judge them or get frustrated by them or tell them to figure it all out on their own, that you are there to help and support them. And the only way they'll know this is because you've told them so. The mini guide for today's episode includes questions for reflection and signs of stress, overwhelm, and burnout. You can get it all at mamieks.com slash miniguides, or if you already subscribe, it's in your inbox. To get the full guide to today's episode, which has tips and suggestions for each of the 10 ways to manage stress, join the Modern Manager community on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash modernmanager. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash modernmanager. And for $20 a month, you get all of the episode guides and guest bonuses to help you implement your learnings from each episode. You also get access to all the previous guides and bonuses. And there are some really fantastic things like the opportunity to win that one-on-one coaching call with prior guest Amy Bourne. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. Meetings are one of the most critical components of healthy collaboration, and teams are at the heart of how we work. Meteor helps you use your time in meetings productively, build healthy relationships with your colleagues, and move work forward. To learn how we do it, visit meteor.com. That's M-E-E-T-E-O-R.com. You've been listening to The Modern Manager. You're already becoming a rock star boss of a thriving team, I can tell. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player and join the mailing list at mamieks.com slash podcast. That's M-A-M-I-E-K-S dot com slash podcast to get show notes and other special content delivered directly to your inbox. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.